Well, I'm tight on today's episode, Selling Horse Poop and Other Sweet Ideas. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, on a recent webinar, I mentioned some business ideas, one of those being a young guy who said he was collecting free horse manure and selling it. Well, I got a lot of response to that. A lot of people wanted to know more details. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's not very complicated. Well, I've got that idea I'm going to share with you and some others and a resource that I'm going to give you that you can download that'll give you 10 small side business ideas. We call it ideas for a profitable side business, whether you're eight or 80. I've got examples in there in that wide range. Well, some other things we're going to be talking about today, Dan, can I lose weight through the holidays? How about this? I've poured my heart and soul into this TV ministry job, many times working 60 to 100 hours a week, but I can't continue the financial strain. You know, this is a tough time of year. You know, there, there's no question about it. This is a time of year where we're all kind of looking back and saying, gee, did I really accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in 2019? You know, do I have a clear vision for what I want to do in 2020? So I'm getting a lot of input from people who are discouraged like this. Dan, I feel that I'm taking someone else's oxygen and should just not try anymore. Ouch. Well, do you think going back to school would be a safer bet, providing a more stable career, even though I may not like it? And then you know, from the young guy last spring, I discovered I could make $19 an hour Canadian selling free horse manure in my spare time. Well, we'll talk about that, what he's doing, um, and how you can have similar ideas. This may be the year for you to do something on the side. We've had a lot of information recently about spending 15 hours a week so that you can build a profitable side business. I have lots of examples in the 48 Days Eagles community about people that are doing just that. Incidentally, if you are not yet a member of the 48 Days Eagles community, we're waiting on you. We get a whole lot of fun activity going on and a whole lot of people who are moving forward aggressively in what they're doing, whether that's in getting you know promotion and what they're doing now in their job or developing some kind of a sideline business. Just go to 48dayseagles.com. You can check it out. Our quotation for today comes from James Clear, author of Atomic Habits. James says, every action you take is a vote for the person you want to become. Kelly, I love that. Every action you take is a vote for the person you want to become. So if you're taking actions that are counter to what you think you want, you're voting for a person, someone else. But you're creating the person that you're going to be a month from now, a year from now, by every action that you're taking today. Well, I got a couple good news things here. Uh, this is just interesting in terms of technology. You know, I'm fascinated with new inventions. Lenovo pilots virtual reality as an alternative to general anesthesia for kids. 
They're finding that if they put virtual reality goggles on kids and have them watching things, going into other dimensions, but just watching things, they can actually do medical procedures without giving them anesthesia and thus the risk of, you know, that not, not, not being done is certainly something commendable. Well, I love those kind of ideas. Got a couple things here having to do again with school training, career choice, and all of that. You know that I talk a lot about student loan debt and how it cripples people 10, 20, 30, 40 years after they graduate because they haven't been able to take care of it. And I, what my, I advise always that never borrow more money for your education than what you're going to make in one year's income after that. Well, some of the um, Ivy League schools that are training people in things that are not highly compensated, you know, have a, a really harsh ranking of student loan debt to what they're likely to earn in one year's incomes. Here's an example. Master's grads coming out of USC's highly ranked drama arts program face a brutal 100,000 to 30,000 debt to income ratio. That means that they're likely to come out with 100,000. It's a master's degree, you know, in drama arts. They're likely to come out with $100,000 in student loan debt and be candidates for $30,000 a year job. Now, that's a generality. Obviously, I think there are things you can do with artistic degrees that aren't just getting paid for your time. You've got to be more creative than that. This is a, a Facebook post that a gal named Denise put up. This is pretty interesting. It really commends those who are going into the arts, but again, identifies and kind of highlights the challenge. You better do something unusual. Here's what Denise said, though, and I really like this. I think everyone whose response to the financial struggle of an artist is, well, you should have gone into tech or something useful, should have to go 30 days with no reading, no TV, no movies, no museum visits, no video games, no theater, and have arts stripped from all their other experiences, no music in restaurants, at sporting events, bars, stores, nothing. No audiobooks or podcasts or music on their commute. After 30 days deprived of all contribution of artists, I would be interested to know if anyone would still say artists were drains on society and unworthy of life. Well, that's pretty harsh, but golly, what a great thought. You know, sometimes we diminish the value of being in the artistic careers. And yet if those were stripped away from our lives, our lives would be pretty plain and barren for sure. I got a note from a podcast listener and he linked to a guy's site who is selling a course for artists on how to sell their work, how to sell their work online. And he was asking me, is this legitimate? Is it worth the money? Well, it's $997. I went through and looked at the course outline and I said, I think this is great. I think it's fantastic. And then he was like, well, gee, is it really worth that much money? And I said, well, I don't know what your art is selling for, but you know, assuming that you have art pieces that are $1,000, you sell one, you get your money back and go on from there. That's a pretty good investment. Now the course and I'll, I'll put a link to it. You know, it's not that I'm promoting it or anything particularly, but it's a resource. So I'll put it in our notes as a resource. But it's the guy talks about how to use Facebook ads. So you identify exactly who your target audience is. Now, he 
identifies, and of course, artists know, going to art shows or going to street fairs, it's pretty tough to sell art at those kind of locations. It really is. I mean, Joanne, my wife being an artist, I mean, we go to a lot of art shows. It's primarily artists showing their work to other artists. They aren't buyers. They're just showing their work to other artists, but they have prices on it. People walk around, you know, sipping wine and feeling good about what they're doing. I mean, that's cool, but it's probably not going to make you a lot of money. This guy says you can find art buyers. You can identify, you know, women who need a wedding gift or somebody who just bought a home and how to go through and identify those. And I mean, I certainly can testify that we use Facebook ads and golly, they, they, they produce love them or hate them. They produce, you can identify people who are candidates. This recent webinar that I did and opening the door to 48 days Eagles community. I mean, we brought in people who were part of my Sunday school class 25 years ago. You know, people who knew Dave Ramsey and me way back in those early days who, yeah, there's a note of familiarity, Dan Miller. I remember Dan and now they're part of our Eagles community. So it's a way to, it's a way to identify and connect. Well, it's, it is legit. I'll, I'll put a link in there for those of you who are artists. Well, here's another note I saw online. Somebody says, I'm mad. The teachers told us when I was in fifth grade, you know, if you don't do well in school, you're going to be like the garbage man outside the window here. What they didn't tell us is that the garbage man makes more money than a teacher. Well, interesting. Another interesting piece that I just, uh, something jogged my memory on it. You know, Fred Smith, founder of FedEx, did a paper in his economics class, a term paper. When he was in college, he was going to Yale back in the mid-60s. He wrote a paper on the need for reliable overnight delivery in this computerized information age. Well, his professor wasn't very impressed and he responded, the concept is interesting, well-formed, but in order to earn better than a C, the idea must be feasible. Thus, he was saying, this idea will never work. You know, it sounds okay, but it'll never work. Well, thus we have FedEx. Seems that idea has worked pretty well and um, done pretty well for Fred Smith in the creation of that. Now, here's another one about, the. the, I've got a couple here that have to do with with the end of the year. We know that this is a tough time. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's is a time when people are kind of reflecting. There's a lot of people who are very discouraged, very depressed in this time of year. Sometimes it's because you have to get together with family that you're not very enamored with, and it's a reminder of painful things in your past, perhaps. But it's it's just, again, a time to reflect back. I hope that this is a positive time for you, but there are people who are wondering, you know, am I really going to accomplish what I want to accomplish? Jeremy says, and I've read through a few of your books, listening to your podcast. I'm reading through um, a a Maxwell book right now. The challenge today was in writing a statement, turning a habitual negative thought around. I've been at 225 pounds for years, struggling to get below 220. I want to be around 210 and hold there. I wrote about my thinking and staying at 225, recalling that I've said out of my mouth, you know, I just can't get below 225. Anyway, I made a declaration that I can weigh 210. I have the self-control, motivation, dedication, and discipline. Then I went crazy and said I can get to 210 from 225 by my birthday, January 8th. 
I wondered how many days till then. It was 48 days. Then I thought of you. Wondered if you have any thoughts on getting through the holidays. I do like to eat and in 48 days dropping 15 pounds or more. I'd appreciate your reply. Any thoughts you have? Happy Thanksgiving, Jeremy. Well, Jeremy, thanks for your note. Here's the deal. I mean, this sounds really excellent. I'm really excited for you. Being clear about your goal, having a clear timeline like you've got identified here are the biggest factors. It really doesn't matter if it's through the holidays or some other time of year. The main thing is being clear and committed. And I'll tell you what, mindset is way more important than diet. I don't need to recommend what you eat, what diet program you go on, how many times you work out. You know, those things are incidental. The main thing is if you get your mindset right and really believe this, you're going to be able to do it. And Alan Thomas is in a very active in the Eagles community, and he's working with a whole lot of guys right now and walking them right through this process where they're losing, on average, about a half pound a day. And people are just dropping weight like crazy. He doesn't recommend any particular diet, exercise at all. It has so little to do with that. It has to do with mindset. If you decide you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Last year, no, last year going into the holidays, I was working on a health reboot with my functional medicine doctor. We were doing some really innovative things and really strategic things. And he recommended that I go on a strict keto diet for 100 days. I said, absolutely, I'm in, let's do it. So I did that. I mean, I didn't vary at all. I was totally committed. So I went right, that that included going right through Thanksgiving, New Year, Christmas, all that, all the holiday parties and all that. So no, you know, no bread, no cookies, no cakes, no donuts, no candy, no desserts, all those kind of things. You totally got, because I decided it didn't matter what time of year it was. If you're right, waiting for the right time of year, it's not going to happen. But it doesn't matter what time of year it is. If you decide, you know, decide, I mean, it comes from the same word as suicide and homicide and genocide and all herbicide. It means something's going to stop. Something's going to stop. If you decide, you are saying this is going to stop. Yeah, absolutely, Jeremy, you can do it. This comes from Angelique, who says, I've always felt behind the curve to my peers. It's taken 13 years to complete ACCA. Now, she's from England, so that's a, um, an accounting certification. I have no hobbies or talents to turn into cash. I'm an accountant in name only. It's not in my heart. I'm in chapter four of 48 days, and I'm stuck as all spokes on my wheel are even, but they are all at zero. Golly, there's a wheel that I've got in there that has seven different areas of life, including physical, financial, spiritual, social, and personal development, those kind of things. She says they're at zero. Wow. I'm over 40, no kids, working as a contractor, no career, no money, no friends, have lupus. I feel there's so much wrong. I'm overwhelmed at my lack. I'm not even faking it until I make it. I feel that I'm taking someone else's oxygen and should just not try anymore. I'm not changing careers as I've never had one to start with. Am I the only one like this? Please help. Well, Angelique, golly, I feel your pain. But you can start to walk out of this today. You say that you're at zero on all of those spokes. What I want you to do is do something physical. If you aren't used to doing exercise, go for a walk. 
walk around the block, walk one mile, do something where you immediately can feel the sense of satisfaction in having done that. I do this often with people who just lost a business. I had a young guy one time who had just lost $3.2 million, some really bad investments. He had inherited the money from his grandmother and then quickly lost it with some ill-conceived ideas, investments. So it was gone. So he was, he was totally in the tank in terms of career and financially. We didn't address either of those. I said, what I want you to do, I want you to go to the Y, YMCA every morning and spend two hours there. Just get engaged in things. Just start working on that. While he got to where his energy was so high, I mean, you could probably, you know, bounce quarters off his belly. And that creativity, that energy, that sense of satisfaction gratification from doing that quickly rebounded him in other areas. I want you to do the same thing. Don't try to be successful in all these areas, but choose one and get some success there. The success there will bleed over and start giving you confidence in some of the other areas of your life. Then you can start to look more carefully at where you are in your spiritual growth, where you are in terms of your career selection, where you are in terms of financially and what you can do to improve in those areas as well. But start with one. And with that, I'd start with physical because it's the quickest one where you can get that sense of satisfaction of having done something to move ahead. Well, this gal, this is a very long, Lauren has a, she's needing a kernel of Dan's wisdom. I'm at 32 years old, single mother of two. I separated from my ex-husband two and a half years ago. And ever since I've been struggling to support my family on the nominal wage I make. Longtime subscriber, 48 days newsletter and podcast. I have 48 days to the work you love. But I will sheepishly admit I have yet to put many of your principles into practice, though I avidly agree with the sage, sage advice you dole out. Uh, one says, I went to cosmology school about 10 years ago where I earned my aesthetics license and I have one year of community college under my belt. I have two real passions in life, skin care, makeup, and writing. But I live in a small town in Kansas where there's not much work in either of those industries, which I have thought is both a positive and a negative. By that, I mean, it's positive because that means if I start offering my services as a freelance makeup artist, then I may very well have little to no competition. And she goes on, okay, currently I find myself employed as an optician, which is basically a fancier title for a person selling glasses. Sales is not my strong suit and not what I consider a passion by any means. I hate this job. It pays little and only once once a month, though do I, I do have benefits since I'm full-time and not commission-based. I find it extremely hard to live on, especially being a single mom. Most of the time, I find it difficult to even provide adequate food for us. Due to these circumstances and a deep need and desire for change, I've decided I need to take a new direction in my life, and I decided no matter what, I'm quitting my current job come the new year. For several years, I've looked into and considered going back to school to go into a dental hygiene program. I would not say it's my passion, but mostly I became intrigued because with it, I read that it's an expanding market and it's an only two-year program and they earn between forty dollars and $70,000 annually. That's quite a bit more than I've ever made. It would give me financial security. Now, she goes on through here. And then I start to think if I'm going to spend all the money and earn a degree, shouldn't I go back to school for something I really love? I've always liked writing, wanted to pursue something in that arena. I used to write children's articles, stories as a child, 
have written down other stories. I would tell my daughter at bedtime, I'm not just interested in writing children's books, but in blogging and even writing a screenplay. I've had a couple good ideas. I'd like to format into a screenplay. All right, my question to you is, do you think I should leave my skincare makeup pursuits as a and just have it as a hobby? Or should I just take the plunge, start marketing myself to get better gigs and build from there? Do you think I should be going back to school? Would that be a safer bet, providing a more stable career, even though I may not like that career? How do you tell if it's worth pursuing as a passion or career or just keep it as a hobby? I really want to provide a better life for my children, but also one I love and enjoy. I just feel lost and stuck in indecision. Would really appreciate any kernels of wisdom you could pass my way. I want to thank you for your lengthy, uh, thoughtful, um, vulnerable, introspective message that you sent here. Here's just a couple tips on this. You say, well, well let me address the, the last one first. That being, should you go back to school, borrow money to get a degree so you can get a better opportunity, but in a career that you really don't love? Absolutely not. Please, please, please don't do that. Money is ultimately not enough compensation for investing your time and energy. I mean, I, my time is filled spending time with attorneys, physicians, dentists, pastors, People like that who are doing extremely well from all outside observance. People looking at them think, well, gee, they got a nice house, nice car. You know, they're making great money. Wow, that must be wonderful. And these people are saying, no, I chose this career for the same reasons you're looking at, because I thought it'd be a stable career and give me a reasonable income. Ultimately, money is not enough compensation. There has to be a sense of meaning, purpose, and accomplishment beyond the money. Don't, 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 don't ever choose a career just based on the money you think that you can make. Now, that being said, I would never recommend that direction for you. You do have a cosmetology degree. I would recommend that you use that and get creative in how you use it. So it really does give you joy. I mean, that may be working with you know burn victims or maybe working with Uh, young teenagers who want a shot at being on TV and they have an audition coming up. I mean, be creative in how you do that, but I would certainly leverage that, that being something that you say you are passionate about that. Just stay with that, but look for creative ways to engage with that. The other side, you say that you really enjoy writing. My goodness. I mean, go to our site, go to 48days.com. We have tons of information there. I mean, I, I, you know what? I'd be happy to give you right to the bank, the, instructional manual that we have for how to turn your writing into income. I'll shoot that over to you just as a, a downloadable. You can just go through that. But there, we've, we've got tons of sources and there's a lot of information out there that you can find about how to use your writing effectively. Now to just do a book, especially like a children's book and expect it to change your financial future, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, even the books that I write, I don't look at the books themselves as being the source of any significant financial income at all. Now, you know, they do okay, and I'm grateful for that, but that's not really where I make my money. I use my writing to leverage other things that I offer people where we really do make money. So if it's being part of our online communities, my mastermind, our coaching mastery program, courses that we have, seminars, live events, those are the kind of things where we make money. We're writing fueled people's attention to those, but certainly not the writing itself. But you can do the same. Again, just 
get used to expecting, anticipating opportunities that are not just the norm, even as a single mom, you know, where you don't have to depend on just being paid hourly. Look for those ways you can creatively use your talents to create significant income based on the project rather than just the time. Now, I'm going to be going through here in a little bit. I'm going to be talking about the the horse manure idea and some other ideas as well to give you some more ideas about how simple things can be turned into significant income. Well, hey, just a reminder here, we're going blasting through questions, real life questions. Um, I love the opportunity to share these, unpack them with you all. Just keep those coming in. If you got a question or a success story you want to share, just shoot it into me at askdan at 48days.com. And the easiest way to get that to me is just askdan at 48days.com. Now this comes from Brad, who says, I'd love to get your in, your advice on my income situation. I've been working in Christian ministry television for more than 25 years. I've poured my heart and soul into this ministry, many times working 60 to 100 hours per week. I receive a steady salary each week, but I don't get compensated for any extra work or overtime. I've given 100% for many years now simply because I have a heart for this ministry and want it to continue to succeed. I'm financially strained and my wife's health has caused me to take over her two part-time jobs as well. For many years, I've cashed in my vacation time to catch up on bills. Living paycheck to paycheck is a frightening experience. Not knowing how to bring a change is a paralyzing sensation. Thanks for all you do. Wow. Golly, what a tough situation you're describing, Brad. You know, we've got a a gentleman who just joined us in our coaching mastery program. His name is Steve. Uh, He's been in nonprofit work, ministry kind of work, missionary kind of work, all his life. And he is he presents a situation much like you're describing here, always just hand to mouth in terms of never any real income there. Well, we're opening the door for him to provide his wonderful, wonderful wisdom and expertise as a coach consultant in organizations like corporations with people who are already successful. And he has this it's just this wave of peace that's come over him. And he said yesterday in one of our online calls, he says, you know, I'm finding that making money calms my nerves. Uh, that, you know, it's kind of cute, but certainly profound. Yeah, it does. I mean, nobody performs well. You know, you talk about being financially strained and now your wife's health is not doing well. Well, those often go together. I mean, when there's, I mean, there's a series of events that happen. If somebody loses their job, as an example, they contact me. Well, the first thing that happens is there's financial strain. I mean, that's pretty immediate for most people because they don't have a lot of reserves. Boy, the paycheck stops. There's immediate financial strain. They go home, tell the spouse, gee, I just lost my job. You know what? That often initiates relationship strain. The relationship strain is hammering away at confidence and clarity and optimism. And with those in the gutter, somebody says, oh, what the heck? It's holidays anyway. You know, I'll grab this canister of Pringles, sit down on the couch, you know, relax a little, watch some old movie reruns and eat this whole thing of potato chips. And they start to crash physically as well. There's a sequence like that. So breaking this cycle of being broke, absolutely 
will change your optimism and it can change your health. It could change a whole lot of other things. So it's very legitimate to focus on that. Now here's this catch 22. So many people that we hear from assume that if they're doing something in ministry or doing something godly or humanitarian, that they're going to have to live on beans and rice. You know, there's never going to be any money. Don't think that. You can thrive financially while being fully engaged in ministry, in helping, serving. I mean, to me, that's the only way you can expect to prosper financially is by serving and helping other people. I mean, you want to make a million dollars? You know, find a million people that you can help. That's a great way and a direct path to changing your financial future. And if we take something even like even like a book, now I've been very you know fortunate with what has happened with 48 Days to the Work You Love, certainly over a million people. Hopefully it's helped a whole lot of those. But if I got a dollar a piece from my publisher as a result of being the author of that, well, yeah, that, that makes a difference in my life and hopefully the life of those people. I mean, hopefully the lives of those people who spent 20 bucks to get a book will be helped more directly than that $20 will make a difference in my life. But that's a great way to view that. So don't think that you have to be broke if you're going to be in ministry. Don't think that if you changed positions, that somehow you would have to give up your heart for being in ministry in order to pay the mortgage next month. No, there's plenty of opportunities. I mean, Christian TV, I mean, Good and great. I mean, we know that television in general is struggling. So it's certainly no surprise that something in a niche of the TV industry is struggling even more. So don't hold yourself responsible for what that company is doing. Look for opportunities that would benefit you and your family. And I'd encourage you to take your skills. If you're in Christian television, I mean, I don't know. Do you have good production skills, good video skills? I mean, you may be, I, I just, just recently connected a good friend of mine with somebody that was coming to Nashville and they were going to interview a celebrity here and they wanted somebody to video, just spend four hours in the afternoon to video that interview. I connected him with a good friend of mine. That's what he does. He went, spent a wonderful afternoon with these marvelous people together, you know, four hours of video, no editing or anything. They wanted just the raw footage, $2,500. Well, you may be in a place where you could do something like that. So look at opportunities to leverage these years of experience and expertise that you've developed where you are, but look for a better opportunity. And I would encourage you to do that immediately. All right, well, let me grab just one more here. And then we're going to expand on that a little bit with these ideas. Now, I mentioned that in a recent webinar, I offhandedly mentioned that a couple years ago, we had a young guy said that he was making money selling horse manure. Well, for some reason, I guess it's because it's such an odd idea. We had a lot of people reach out and wanted more information about that. Well, I want to give you more information about that, but I went back and found the original note from this young guy. This is from three years ago. 
And I went back and found his note, pretty easy to find because of some of the, the words that I just mentioned there, not real common in our emails, so it was easy to find. But this came from David. He says, hi, Dan, I love your podcast. Last spring, I discovered I could make $19 an hour Canadian selling free horse manure in my spare time. It went really well. I made a few hundred dollars in total. I know I can take it even further next year. After listening to some of your podcasts, I realized that I could make more money teaching people my method with an online video course. I mean, $19 an hour may be small to some people, but I know this could be a big hit with young entrepreneurs. So my target market is 16 to 25 year olds who would appreciate making that much. Uh, my problem is that my target market seems small. I estimate that one to four people could operate in the same city. There are about 4,000 cities in the world, so my market would be about 18,000 people. Is this too small? At $50 a course, a 100 to 200 sales would be a huge win. Well, 100 sales at $50 would be $5,000. <clears> so Yeah, it'd be great to be able to get that with selling your course. Let me, let me uh, take exception to a couple things that David said in there, and he has gone on to do this. I'm going to actually give you his website where you can go and check it out personally. But in describing that there are only, you know, that maybe one to four people could operate in the same city, that really has no bearing on how you can sell the course. Now, kind of hear me through on this. If you have an opportunity where you think in a city of 50,000 people, yeah, one to four people could really operate in this business. But that's not really where you need to go in your thinking. If you're looking for 16 to 25-year-olds who are looking for a business idea, there may be a thousand people in that city who fit that criteria, you let them decide if they really implement it, if they take action on the idea. But don't eliminate them from your market list in terms of people who would be candidates for your course. So you've got massive numbers of people who are candidates for your course, even if only a few are ever going to take action and duplicate the success that you've had. So this comes from, now let me give you David's site. You can go to manurastartup.com. Now, any of those of you who grew up in a farm like I do certainly recognize the word and the spelling of manure. Uh, the city slickers, you may have a little more trouble. I'll have you figure it out. It's manurastartup.com. And you can go there, and he has a course, and he'll teach you about how to do the same thing. We have that in a resource that we put together Side business freedom, 10 ideas for a profitable side biz, whether you're eight or 80. Now, here's some of the other ideas in there, but here's some of the, the reason these ideas are so hot. And this may be the time of year going into a new year when you're thinking, and this is going to be my year, I need to do something like this. We know 84% of American workers plan to look for a new job in the next 12 months, 84%. That's a big number. So even though unemployment is low, a whole lot of people are saying, you know, this isn't really it. Now, the irony in this is that doesn't mean those people all have jobs that don't make sense that are no good. No, there's a whole lot of other people. You step out of a job, there's going to be 10 people who raise their hand and want that job. We're still talking about personal fit. What is it that fits you? 
I mean, there's a whole lot of people dreaming about doing something different. I mean, maybe an office worker who envision yourself as an artist. And the assembly line manager who'd like to use his communication skills and become a speaker. The school teacher who knows there's great potential in selling online courses. We've got a lot of examples of exactly that. Uh, the pastor who wants to transition into a new chapter of life by becoming a coach or consultant. We've had a lot of examples of exactly that this year. Pastors who have left their positions as traditional pastors, but have used their great skills as communicators, coaches, consultants to move into better opportunities that fit them all the way around. So lots and lots of ideas there. Now, here's a couple. I want to just give you a couple of these. and We're going to wrap up with this, but just a couple ideas that are in this list from listeners, just like you podcast listeners who share their ideas with me all the time. This one comes from Andrew. The summer before high school, I started my first business named AMP Hobby after my initials. I sell parts and components for RC cars on eBay. That's remote control cars. I buy low-demand RC trucks on eBay, take them apart, clean and refurbish the components, sell them on eBay at a profit. In other words, I apply the chop shop model to the RC car industry. I absolutely love what I do, and I've learned so far. So I've learned so much from this endeavor. Um, in the last three years, I've had over three hundred or thirty-five hundred sales for a total of one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in net profit, and working part-time after school. For my accomplishments, I was named Junior Achievement Young Entrepreneur of the Year in Wisconsin. Isn't that a great story? Oh, here's another one. comes from Todd. Similar kind of example. You inspired me to do my own thing after reading 48 Days to the Work You Love. I started buying wrecked BMWs and Land Rovers and selling the parts on eBay for extra money. That was around, well, around 10 years ago. I quit my job, went full-time. Then about eight years ago, I built a company to where three years ago, we sold $3.5 million in parts on our website and on eBay. Through a series of events with a business partner, I sold my portion of the company that year. Running that company introduced me to the world of auto recycling. This is an industry that is stuck somewhere between the 60s and the 80s in terms of technology. I developed some software for identifying the high demand parts from each car on eBay. I launched my software company in July of last year. It's been a huge success. I'm already making more money than I made selling parts. I also do consulting with salvage yards under eBay programs that I bill at $250 an hour. Well, the ideas go on. Well, we've got ideas in here about writing, writing books. Here's somebody, Eli says, Dan, I'm 74 years old. Thanks to your book, especially 48 Days to the Work You Love, and your weekly podcast, I continue to thrive at work, continuing education, and writing. I just published an Amazon Kindle, my first book, Sleep, Dream, Write, and Win. It's to encourage people to use their dreams as a source of inspiration for self-guidance and self-improvement. The first part of the book is in English. The second part is in Spanish. It's a short book. Well, here, here's another one, kind of writing. This is Aaron the little Kindle book that earned me $29,000 in five months. Now, without going through the detail, and I got all the details in here in this downloadable PDF that you can just download. If you just go, you can just go to 48days.com slash sidebiz, and you can download this resource that I'm talking about. And it'll give you all the details on these things. But he put together, Anne of Green Gables, the stories that are in the public domain, meaning the copyrights 
I haven't been renewed. So it's in the public domain. He put those together, offered them 99 cents for the collection, and he made over $29,000 in five months. Now, I know Aaron, and I know that he's gone on to make well over $80,000 with that same compilation because of the time that's passed now. Didn't even write it himself, but just a creative idea to make it available for people, put it together. Um, create a course from what you're already doing. Got stories about that in here. A voiceover work. I've talked before about Carrie Olson, how she's doing that. Uh, she works from home. She replaced her day job in four months. Um, quit last year doing voiceover work from home as a stay-at-home mom, she grossed over $104,000. Providing work for other companies. And then of course the one about that one about selling horse poop. He says, here's how he calculated $19 an hour, an hour driving, half hour shoveling loading. And he was doing it just out of the trunk of his car. Goodness. Uh, Two and a two, well, about two and a quarter hours screening and then a half an hour making transactions total four and a quarter hours. And what he did in dividing up, it was, he sold $80 worth that first time. And he, it equals out to yeah, about 20 bucks an hour, but he talks about how to do that. Here's an idea. This is from Pierce who lives right here in Spring Hill. He sets out real estate signs on the weekends and uh, there's a link to his, he's got a little course on how to do this, but he makes about $45,000, $50,000 annually. And he's been doing this for several years now. And he, he's, you know, this isn't his full-time job at all. He's got a full-time job and he does extremely well on that, but he still does this because it's just kind of a fun thing to do. You know, on the weekends, he sets out these signs, realtors pay him to set out their signs and boom, he makes another forty-five, fifty $50,000. Uh, one more here. This is Austin, who lives down in Orange Grove, Alabama, he made a proposal that he would take care of the citrus trees for the city. So he started doing that. He says, this is because trees, citrus trees that always fascinated me. I'd learned about them from experience in my own yard, seeing that many people did not know how to properly care for their own trees. After two years of running Sporty Citrus, this year I had enough. Oh, that's the name of his company, Sporty Citrus. This year I had enough to buy a truck. I bought a uh, a white four-door GMC Sierra, Sierra 1500. It feels good to finally be on the road. And he, he paid cash for his own truck, and he even assured his own dad that he didn't need his dad's help. That was a really cool story. And, of course, he's gone on to develop some other business ideas. Since he's got a new idea, I won't, even, I won't spoil it with what that is, but he's got another idea that he's launched as well. And then the, what kids can do. My goodness, when I was putting this together, my son, Kevin, my oldest son, Kevin, who hosts the Ziegler podcast, I mean, just shot me a note about his kids at the farmer's market. He says, Dad, your 17-year-old granddaughter, Eliza, made $422 over five hours at the local farmer's market yesterday doing face paint and henna. Ian, 12, and Canyon, 11, made over $100 with natural wood signs. They have aspen wood and they they route like somebody's name into it and sell those. Serene, eight, made $53 selling gourmet rice crispy treats. And Nakoda, seven, made over $50 selling little wood signs. <laughs> well, we got a lot of we got a lot of grandkid stories about the, the entrepreneurial things that they're doing. Well, I hope this has been encouraging to you. I hope it's been 
inspiring to you to hear these ideas, things you can do to roll into the new year. If you decide, again, that word is so important. You decide what you want the new year to look like. You're well on your way. Mindset is more important than logistics, the specifics. If you want to lose weight, decide and you can do that doesn't have to be a particular diet. You decide that's the real qualifying factor in that. Well, these ideas, we got all these ideas that you can get. Just go to 48days.com slash sidebiz. And remember our quotation for today. This is critically important. Every action you take is a vote for the person you want to become. I know you've got clear ideas about what you want to become. I have clear ideas about what I want to become this next year. I'm mapping out all the things I want to accomplish, not only next year, but in the next 20 years. I've got a pretty clear vision of what I want that to look like. But I'm excited about rolling into this new year because I have decided what I want that to look like and I'm taking action that's making a vote for the person I want to become. Hey, thanks for being part of this growing community. Check out the 48 Days Eagles if you're not already in there. We are. Congratulations. I love interacting with you in there. But thanks for being part of this listening community, at least where we know we can find or create work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and you know what else, and profitable. How you can serve, you can minister, you can help, you can encourage and still thrive financially. It's not a trade-off. You can do both. Have a great week.